Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to continue our exploration into this topic, Holy Desire. Now, as you know, if you have been a faithful listener to this program, we have set out really on this task, this project to best respond to that question, can you pray for me? Now, I had someone come up to me this past week and say, hey, Joe, isn't it just well enough we, we say, yeah, I'll pray for you? Um, yeah, great. If you do, right? If you do. Incidentally, I had a much deeper conversation with this young man, and as it turns out, like many, he doesn't follow through. Okay, so the whole point of our last six, seven months together, and really more so, because I think we started back in November, is to make sure that in our intercessory prayer, we are actually praying. Huh? And as you have asked me about the saints, what I've done over the last eight to nine weeks is take a certain saint and kind of parachute it in with one of the specific keys that we discussed as it relates to best responding to that question, can you pray for me? So we are at a point where we are ready to discuss our final key and our final saint, uh, which will have us wrapping up this whole task, this whole project, as I just spoke to it next week. So it is, in our final intercessory key, Pray With Mary, we looked at the simple fact that God chose Mary, and so should we. We considered how Matthew introduces us to Mary as the virgin who will what in Matthew one twenty three, Conceive and bear a son. The son who is the God-man, Jesus Christ. And Mark also, who echoes Matthew as he resounds, Mary is the mother of God in the Gospel of Luke. Luke introduces us to Mary in the Annunciation with the great angelic salutation, Hail, full of grace. Upon a brief dialogue, how will this be? Mary says, yes, to the vocation of being the mother of God and mediates divinity. Lastly, as we discussed some months ago in the theologian who soars, John the Evangelist, John introduces us to Mary in the wedding feast at Cana with the words, they have no wine. Another dialogue ensued and concluded with the words from Mary, do whatever he tells you. Jesus turns the water into wine, and Mary once again mediates divinity. My friends, the gospel message is clear. Mary's mediation brought about the presence of God in the world and the first miracle in the gospel. If we desire to do the same in our intercessory prayer, we ought to place our petitions into the immaculate hands of Mary and allow her to turn them over to her son. We go to certain people and ask them to pray for us because of the perception of how close they are to Jesus. Could we not say that Mary is closest to Jesus? God placed the fate of salvation in the hands of Mary. That's the reality. If we are Christian imitating God, we would be well served to pray with Mary, my friends. She is the great co-worker, as we read in 1 Corinthians 3.5, an advocate of our every need. 
let us climb onto Mary's lap and pray with her. Okay, what saint can we choose that might help us draw closer to Mary? You know what's interesting? I say the name St. Augustine, and what do we think of? Probably something related to his conversion story of playboy to priest. I say the name St. Benedict and what comes to our mind. Likely something related to him being the founder of Western monasticism. I say the name St. Francis of Assisi and what thought holds our attention. Undoubtedly his relationship with creation and all created things. I say the name St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And before I even can pose a question about her, perhaps we have the poorest of the poor on our mind. There are some saints in the history of the Catholic Church that are synonymous with something or someone. Typically, this something or someone is tied to the saints' charism and, and what we can learn from them. We read about St. Augustine and, and are hopeful that out from our worst sin, we can do great things for God. We read about St. Benedict and are drawn to prayer in the way of silence. We read about a a St. Francis of Assisi, and suddenly we read creation as a love letter from God. We see pictures of Mother Teresa of Calcutta and begin to grasp the poor to the poor in our communities as children of God who, who are in need of love. Now, I say the name St. Louis de Montfort, and who do we think of? Mary. We read about St. Louis de Montfort and are introduced to the way of true devotion to Mary. Really, the name St. Louis de Montfort is synonymous with Mary. This French saint's commitment to Mary was so strong that he took up the motto, Totus tuus ego sum, I am all yours, to express his devotion to Mary. Incidentally, as we talk about St. Louis de Montfort, this great French saint, he had a huge impact upon other saints we have talked about. St. John Paul II to name one. He also had a great devotion to Mary, as many of us know. And what maybe some of us don't know is that he was very much influenced by the life and writings of St. Louis de Montfort. In point of fact, so influential was St. Louis de Montfort upon the life of St. John Paul II that he once said it was upon reading true devotion to Mary that changed the narrative of his very life. And I think we actually have a clue to this where? But on his papal crest, where he put on his papal crest, totus tuus, completely yours. Of course, a spin on uh, St. Louis de Montfort's motto, totus tuus ego sum, right? So, totus tuus, he had this stamped on his papal crest. Also, we have another Polish saint that devoted his life to Mary, like that of St. Louis de Montfort, who did we talk about two months ago, but St. Maximilian Kolbe, another man who uh, read True Devotion to Mary and was very much influenced by the writings of St. Louis de Montfort. All right, so what about St. Louis de Montfort? Well, born in France in the late 17th century, the life of St. Louis de Montfort took the path of really what is common in most saints, a love for the poor. Alongside of his devotion to be at the service of the poor and, and really the, the larger, wider corporal works of mercy, after his ordination at the age of 27, he fell in love with the call to preach and instruct the ignorant, really tapping into the wider call to enter into the spiritual works of mercy. 
Now, what's interesting about this is that the preaching charism of Father Louis de Montfort took on a charism within the charism in his preaching for greater devotion and love for Mary. As time passed, his popularity grew, so did the Jansenist distaste for his preaching, which would really prove to be an important moment in the life of this great French saint. Early 18th century France, my friends, was heavily influenced by the heresy Jansenism. Among other things, Jansenism claimed the teaching of predestination, that God actively bestows grace on some while actively withholding it from others. In other words, the teaching that claimed only a few are saved and everyone else is damned. Father Louis de Montfort was preaching the message that true devotion to Mary is instrumental for the salvation of all souls. So enraged were the French Jansenists, they actually poisoned Father Louis de Montfort. And it was then that Father Louis de Montfort penned his classic work while on his hospital bed, True Devotion to Mary, arguably the most significant work ever written on Marian spirituality. Now, at the heart of this book lies the key to developing a Marian spirituality. And what is that? But consecration to Jesus through Mary. What does this consecration look like, and why is it of great value in our intercessory prayer? Well, first, let us consider what we intend to mean when we use the word consecration. The term consecration comes from the Latin consecrare, which translates as to make holy or devote. This comes from the assimilated form of cum, which I think many of us know means with, right, or together, and sacrare, which translates as to make or declare sacred. So in principle, consecration is the action taken to become more holy in God, to be in devoted service to God. Huh? Now, if you are a Christian, you need to be familiar with this. Why? Because this begins at baptism. By virtue of our baptism, we are consecrated to God, set apart for holiness in God. In the Old Testament, things like liturgical vessels were set apart for a sacred purpose. In the New Testament, my friends, by the power of the Holy Spirit, man has been sanctified for holy ends, right? This is what Paul highlights, I think, what is it? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 and following. Our baptism, my friends, lies at the core of our being set apart. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI notes in a reflection on baptism, he says this, but this setting apart, the setting apart that's tied to baptism, right, also includes the essential dynamic of existing for precisely because it is entirely given over to God, this reality is now for the world, for men. It speaks for them and exists for their healing. Essentially, our baptism, this call to be in God, also sets us apart, calling us to be in mission, right? Existing for others. Consequently, St. Louis de Montfort's consecration to Jesus through Mary draws our attention in how to better live out what? But simply, my friends, our baptismal calling, which in the words, again, of Pope Benedict XVI, is a holiness in God that speaks for other. In this truth, I think we begin to see the high value of consecration to Mary. What's more, and I think this will kind of help us better understand what's going on here, 
St. Louis de Montfort sets up his consecration, his plan of renewing baptismal vows to the hands of Mary, right, in a wise arrangement of stages that really envisions a gradual progression of allowing God into your heart. What are these stages, these four stages? Well, first, part one, as it is called, is spirit of the world, and that'll last 12 days. Part two is an examination of knowledge of self that lasts seven days. Part three is an acquiring a, of a knowledge of Mary, and that lasts for seven days. And part four is acquiring a deeper knowledge of Jesus another seven days. Now, note, my friends, St. Louis de Montfort's four-step consecration taps into that ancient truth that you cannot give what you do not have. This truth that self-evangelization comes before mission. So often in life, we carry on in the world without real consideration into what the world has become. The genius of de Montfort is identifying before we are at the service of another and something like intercessory prayer, as we've been talking about, we must first recognize the spirit of the world and the things we have become attached to in life. And herein lies the renewal to the renewal of our baptismal vows, right? If you're to take stock in the first 19 days, what do you have? Well, as we identify the spirit of the world and how we have become attached to it, we begin the process of moving towards renewal and rejecting Satan and all his empty promises. The consecration then moves into a deeper understanding into the role of Mary as mother of God and Christ as the Savior of the world. And the consecration concludes with this radical yes to Jesus through the hands of Mary, the yes that affirms the call to live in God and exist for other. The yes that affirms the call to speak for other, especially when someone has asked you to do so before God in intercessory prayer. My dear friends, St. Louis de Montfort's charism was his love for Mary, no doubt. His every waking breath was lived in Jesus through Mary. Incidentally, I think this is a charism we ought to tap into. The whole of St. Louis de Montfort's life was a very loud reminder that Mary was given to all of us on the cross, right? John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. So it is, we invite her into our heart, and as we do, into our petitions of intercession. Amen? Amen. Just by way of postscript, for those of you who are interested in reading more about this consecration to Mary, I would encourage you to go online, go to Amazon, and type in 33 days to morning glory, and do your homework, and uh, as the Spirit leads, uh, take up what this consecration looks like. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.